You are listening to the Revolutionary Force in Professional Wrestling Podcast for over 20 years. Reviews, interviews, shoots, news, and opinions like no other. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ring Scoops. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Ring Scoops podcast right here, wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor.fm, on YouTube. You know, I want to thank you guys for tuning in for the uh, Ring Scoops podcast. I'm your host, that Ring Scoops guy, and this episode is not going to be your typical episode with the segments divvied up. It's not going to be its, its full length. I don't want to waste a whole lot of time with this one. I just kind of want to talk a little bit about SummerSlam. I'll talk about NXT TakeOver, give my predictions. Also, I put a question out there on Twitter asking people, what is your all-time favorite WWE SummerSlam match? And I got some responses. Kind of want to talk a little bit about that, read everybody's responses. Just reminisce a little bit about SummerSlam because SummerSlam is WWE's second biggest event of the year right behind uh, WrestleMania. Uh, Growing up, I always, you know, I always went WrestleMania, SummerSlam, uh, Royal Rumble, and Survivor Series, which is funny because between me and a lot of my my friends, uh, we always kind of have differences. Some people will, will switch Royal Rumble and Survivor Series and say Royal, the Royal Rumble um, out of like the big four is the lowest. I, I think Royal Rumble is, is equally as important. It's the one that sets up WrestleMania. But SummerSlam is almost like a second, you know, WrestleMania. It's like uh, Christmas in July, if you will, right? That's the way I look at SummerSlam. Of course, WrestleMania, obviously, going to be number one. SummerSlam, number two. The Royal Rumble for me, number three. And Survivor Series, which is kind of like the blow-off of all the summer heat, right? You, you blow everything off, you start fresh, you start building, you're planting the seeds for, you know, during the, during the winter time, and then the springtime, WrestleMania comes, everything blossoms, boom, right? It's like the seasons. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's beautiful that way. I, I just, I love it. I, re- I really do. But SummerSlam is, is this coming Sunday. I'm recording this on Friday. SmackDown just ended about 45 minutes ago. Um, it is 7.46 p.m. Pacific time. I watched the, the East Coast feed in case anybody's wondering, like, well, wait a minute, it's not even 8 o'clock. How did you say SmackDown is over? I watched the, the live East Coast feed. So, there you go. The debut of the Thunderdome. The Thunderdome, yeah. Mm-hmm, the macho man likes the Thunderdome, yeah. Um, Actually, the Thunderdome wasn't too bad, and I just... God, I messed my voice up. I don't even have a drink of water anywhere near me. God dang it, I messed up. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed the Thunderdome for the most part. Um, I, I, I'm not digging the close-up shots where you can really see the monitors with the crowd. But, like, the wide shots are beautiful. They look great. First glance, you think there's a real audience there. Then it sets in. And you're like, no, wait a minute, those are monitors. But it looks really cool. Uh, they turn the audience off during entrances and whatnot in certain segments, and I think that's that's cool. That's that's great because they use those screens for more visual effects. The, the Fiend's entrance was amazing, man. Um, absolutely loved Cesaro's Matrix-looking uh, entrance. Just the visuals were just off the charts. Um, 
I, I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the, the, the Thunderdome. And it can only get better from here. Uh, the official debut was great. Um, watching the two hours of SmackDown and how they presented the Thunderdome, it, the, the, the photos that people took uh, of the test run on Thursday night, man, you know, night and day, really, night and day. WWE, I think, surpassed you know expectations with how the Thunderdome was going to go. Really liked it. But anyway, this weekend we've got two pay-per-views. We've got NXT TakeOver. And we got SummerSlam. I'm just going to quickly run down the card for TakeOver and give my thoughts. Uh, let's see here. According to the card, we got a singles match with Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher. That's going to be a great match, man. Those guys can go. Finn Balor is really good in the ring. Timothy Thatcher, up-and-coming guy. He's been around in the business for a while, but in, in terms of WWE and NXT audience. Uh, up-and-coming guy. Tremendous talent, man. Uh, man, I don't know who's going to win this. I, I, Finn Balor, I, I think should win this, but at the same time, I think Thatcher could use a huge win like this on a weekend as big as SummerSlam weekend is. So I'll put my money on Timothy Thatcher picking up the victory. I think that'll be a nice shock for everybody out there. Uh, the next match is a triple threat tag team match for the NXT tag team championship. We've got Brazongo. Going up against Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, taking on uh, Legato del Fantasma. Oni eh, 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 uh, Lorcan and Danny Birch. Give it, yeah. Let's go with them. Let's go with them. Give them the win. Give them the win. Give them. Give them the win. Um. Let's see. We got uh, NXT North American championship match the latter match for the vacant North American championship we got Bronson Reed versus Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes which I like Cameron Grimes versus Johnny Gargano versus a person I'd rather not say his name um, I'm going to go with Cameron Grimes on this oh man I hope he wins this I, very very talented uh, competitor I think he deserves this I would not be upset if Damian Priest were to win either. Um, I don't think Gargano needs this. Uh, the man that I wish to, you know, have be nameless in this, I don't think he needs this either. I don't think he should even be in this match. To be honest, he should not be on television. Uh, Bronson Reed, I'm not really too familiar with him, but I would go with Cameron Grimes as my number one pick, and Damian Priest is my runner-up. Uh, the NXT Women's Championship match. We've got Io Shirai defending against Dakota Kai. Man, Io is a great champion. Great competitor in the ring. Tremendous NXT superstar. Got a huge future ahead of her. Same can be said with Dakota Kai. As much as I would love to see Dakota Kai get that belt, I think Io should have a, a little bit longer of a run with the belt, in my opinion. Uh, you know, maybe... Maybe at the next takeover, give it to Dakota. Um, don't let this be a one-off. You know, let, let, let this stretch out a little bit. But give it to EO this weekend. Give it to Dakota uh, next time. Uh, and then we got um, Adam Cole versus uh, Pat McAfee. Uh, McAfee, 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 McAfee. Oh, I already pronounced the fucking dude's name. Um... 
I don't know how I really feel about this. I, I, I love what they did on the podcast, but after that, just, you know, and the punt. I, I Punting Adam Cole's head off. I thought it was a, a, a good touch. Um, eh, I don't know. I, it's, I, I'm not hating on this. Trust me, I'm not hating on it at all. It's just, it's just kind of weird, you know? But eh, go with, uh, I'll go with Adam Cole. Um, unless, you know, uh, unless uh, McAfee's going to have a long run with the company in the ring, you know, I don't think he should be getting the victory. I think Adam Cole should win. Save face a little bit here. I mean, he, you know, just lost the NXT championship. You don't want to bury him too much. And I don't mean that in the terms of like how everybody says on the internet, you, oh my God, he lost a match. He's buried. No, I don't, I don't mean it like that. I hope you guys understand what I mean in this situation, this certain scenario where I say the word buried. Um, I don't mean majorly. I just mean like, don't dog the guy. He just lost the belt. He's going up against a guy that has never had a, a, a wrestling match before in the WWE or NXT. It's a former NFL player. And he's entering Adam Cole's domain in the brand that he dominated for over a year. So in that regard, you you get what I'm saying. So I'm going to go with Adam Cole on that. And then we got the NXT Championship match. Keith Lee defending against Karrion Cross. Man, uh, Karrion Cross burst onto the scene in NXT. Has done a tremendous job, slow burn, building him all the way up. Is it the time to give him the belt? No. Keith Lee should have it a little bit longer. Um, I would not have any kind of clean finish on this one. This is the kind of match that I think needs to have some kind of a blowout. So you could build up to... uh, Survivor Series, where they usually, you know, at the NXT and Survivor Series weekend, they usually have the the war games, and you can even do a a thing where Keith Lee's got guys for his team, and and Karrion Cross goes it alone. Just imagine Karrion Cross going alone in the war games. He can't find a, uh, any partners. He doesn't want any partners. Nobody wants to partner up with him. And he goes into war games and he wins the whole damn thing. And then later on you have him win the belt in a big, big, big gimmick match. I know war games, so it's a big gimmick match too, right? But a one-on-one. Have it be the very first ever NXT uh, Hell in a Cell. I don't think they've had a Hell in a Cell, right? Or you could do an Iron Man match or something. You know, just throw something out there for them. Have Karrion Cross win it. And have him carry the brand for, you know, give him the same kind of run that he gave Adam Cole for about a year. I'm going to go with Keith Lee on this one, though. Um, not clean. It's going to be either like a DQ or maybe even a double count-out. Something like that. You know, I forget the prediction of Keith Lee. Just a big schmoz. Just have this end of a big brawl. Have these guys, like, exit the ring, powder out, and get them as far away from the ring as you can. To where this is more than just a count out. This is where these guys just hate each other. Where Karen Cross goes a little too far. He's not only trying to... He wasn't... It becomes apparent that not only was he trying to get the championship and get a win, but he was trying. he's trying to hurt Keith Lee. To the point where Keith Lee now is no longer just trying to defend the title. 
He's not trying to get his win, but he's in defense mode for his life. If that makes any sense, that's what I would do. Anyway, that's that's my thoughts on NXT for TakeOver. Uh, moving along to SummerSlam right now. So on Twitter this week, I, I put a, a, a question out there for everybody. Asking, what is your all-time favorite SummerSlam match? Which, if you're listening to uh, the podcast here on any of the uh, the podcast feeds, if you want to let me know what your favorite match is for SummerSlam, hit me up on Twitter, at Ringscoops, uh, and just let me know, and I'll retweet it. We can discuss it, you know, have a nice reminiscing about SummerSlam. If you're listening to the podcast here on YouTube, go ahead and leave a comment down below with your all-time favorite match from SummerSlam down below in the comment section. And let's have a nice little discourse about this. But on Twitter, I asked, what is your all-time favorite WWE SummerSlam match? And uh, some of the replies that came in, um, at Chris10M123 replied back saying that his favorite match was The Rock versus Triple H at SummerSlam 1998, which I just watched that about a month ago because uh, I've been re-watching the Attitude Era. And about a month ago, I was in the summer of 98. Right now, I'm in, uh, I just got into September 99. But man, Rock and Triple H, that ladder match at SummerSlam, that was, that was a tremendous match. That was a good SummerSlam. 98, one of my favorite matches on that card was the opening match between D'Lo Brown and Val Venus for the European Championship. It's a very underrated match in the history of uh, SummerSlam. Uh, more responses that came in. At One Charming Man said uh, his favorite match was the Fatal 4-Way between Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, and Braun Strowman. Uh, he said it was like a kaiju film. <laughs> I don't understand the reference, but he put five fire emojis right after that, so I don't think it's because it was... Hot in August in the SummerSlam. I think he's trying to say that the match was just pure fire off the charts. Uh, at CTL Dennis, my buddy the DA, replied back saying his all-time favorite SummerSlam match came from 2002, featuring the ladder match between the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, who made his return after four and a half years, against Triple H. And that was a damn good match. Matter of fact, I want to watch that. But I'm kind of torn because I'm rewatching all this old footage. It's going to take me a while to get to 2002, but I don't know how long it's going to take me to get. I mean, if it took me about a month and a half to get from 98 to 99, I'm at 99 now. So this is probably by the end of the year. You know what? I'll go ahead and I'll watch it. I think I will. I'll rewatch that. It's a good match. Um, at HWM Ghost said Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog from 1992. Uh, that was a really good match as well. Um, a lot of stories, a lot of history behind that match too. Uh, I think Bret Hart recently uh, talked about that match, talked about you know, how nervous Davy Boy was and whatnot. And I, from a fan standpoint, you can't tell. It was a tremendous matchup. A great finish too, came out of nowhere. And Bulldog won the Intercontinental title. Uh, then we got the iconic shot at the end with um, with Diana holding up both arms of both Brett and British Bulldog. Really cool moment there. A couple more here. Um, at CSAS Gar- Guardian, yeah, Lee Tires 
big shout out to Lee Tires for those of you that may remember him. Uh, he did a show way back in the day on both my website and on McAvall's website. Lee Tire is a tremendous, tremendous dude out there. Uh, his favorite match, SummerSlam 1989. Um, it was the Heart Foundation versus the Brain Busters. That's what he put, the Hearts versus the Brain Busters. It's been a long minute since I've seen that match. Maybe I'll go back and watch that one too. But it sounds, it'll be off the, off the hook. And the final one here, at DCI Diarte. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, he goes, the Hearts versus Demolition from 1990. So there you go. Look at this. Let's take a look at s- some of these here, right? The last three people that submitted their favorite matches include Brett the Hitman Hart. We got two tag team matches, then we got a singles match. And then we've got uh, Triple H is in one of the matches in the Rock. Uh, Rock, you know, yeah, you know what? Bret Hart has got a common theme here. Out of the six responses, Bret's in half of them. Bret's like Mr. SummerSlam. Like Sean is Mr. WrestleMania. A lot of people say Undertaker's Mr. WrestleMania, and you can make the case for both of them and still be correct. I don't think anybody's going to say otherwise on that. But SummerSlam, man, it's a great event. Great event. I just realized that we actually might be pushing the normal length of a podcast episode here for the Ring Soups podcast because we're just now clocking in at 17 minutes. And usually these go about half hour. All right, SummerSlam predictions. Here we go. A new stipulation been added to the Mandy Rose Sonya Deville match. Uh, this is no longer a hair versus hair match. This is a no disqualification loser leaves WWE match. Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. Ooh, and I said both both of these gals having a hell of a week this week. With I don't want to get too much into it, but what a scary situation happened there at Sonya Deville's house. My God, I I came to imagine like I, the details of that report. Like I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into it. But if you could find the details on that, you know, Google it. Sonya Deville, you know, house invasion. Um, Jesus fucking Christ, there's some certifiably psychotic people out there, man. But anyway, we got Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville. Um, I, I think Mandy's going to win. I think the face has to win this match, regardless of what was going on in real life. I think I think this would be a great way for Sonya to take some TV time off, uh, kind of regroup mentally, take care of you know a lot of legal issues. Um, and Mandy Rose, like I said, she's the big baby face in this one. She has to have her big uh, comeuppance. And it's going to be in this match right here. So I, I think that's what's going to happen. Mandy Rose is, is my pick. We've got uh, tag team, Raw Tag Team Championship match. Street Profits defending against Andrade and Angel Garza. And as much as I love the Street Profits, I, I, I would love to see Andrade and Angel get the tag team titles here and have the Street Profits chase after them for a little while. So I'm going to go with uh, Andrade and Garza on this one. What other match we uh we got the SmackDown Women's Championship match, Bailey versus Asuka. And uh according to SmackDown tonight, Bailey has to defend her title first. I, I think that's what it was, right? I think so. I can't remember that now. I just watched this fucking two hours ago. Fuck. But either way, one of them, I, I think it's Bailey. Because uh, they did the beat the clock thing. Sasha uh had beaten 
uh, Naomi in like three minutes and a couple seconds and some change. And Bailey couldn't get the job done. So Bailey has to defend her belt first against Asuka. I think, I think, uh, I think Bailey is going to lose. I think Asuka is going to get the belt. And then going on, uh, Asuka also takes on Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship. And I think Sasha, you know what? I think Asuka is going to walk out with both belts. I think she's going to beat Bailey because I think Sasha is going to get revenge because I think Bailey was beating the crap out of Sasha at the end of SmackDown. Either way, Asuka is going to get the first belt. And then I think there's going to be a run in, in the second one. And Oscar's going to be uh, holding two championships by the end of the night. And I'm not going to be upset with that at all. Uh, we got the singles match for the United States Championship. Apollo Crews defending against MVP. And I, you know, I love Apollo Crews. Great talent. Give the belt to MVP. The Hurt Business is one of the biggest things going on right now in the WWE. Do not stop this run. It is a gravy train with biscuit wheels, ladies and gentlemen. Keep this going. Enough said. MVP's my pick. We have got a street fight. Dominic Mysterio with Ray in his corner versus Seth Rollins with Murphy in his corner. And this is probably the match I'm looking forward to the most. Um, because I'm very interested to see how Dominic does in his first official WWE match. And it's a big match situation. It's a street fight, which is good because if he has any weaknesses, it's going to be masked in a street fight. And I, that makes me remember back now, um, I made a boo-boo earlier when I was talking about Shawn Michaels and Triple H in 2002. That wasn't a ladder match. That was a street fight. God, I'm an idiot. How would I, I forget that? It was a street fight. But anyway, I'm going to go with Dominic in this one. You, I mean, you can't have this dude take the beating that he took and in his first match, avenging his father and lose the match. It just, that'd be bad business. Dominic's got to win on this. So it's, that's my pick right there. Uh, we got a singles match, Universal Championship. Braun Strowman defending against the Fiend Bray Wyatt. As much as I've said many times in the past, I still believe this. The Fiend should not be a character that wants a championship. He just wants to mess with people. He wants to destroy people. Take the belt off of Braun. Take it off of Braun. Give it back to Bray. So Bray's my pick. And going into Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship against Randy Orton. Drew had a, had a, a great run as the champion. But I think Randy Orton should get the belt here. Randy Orton, it's funny. You say this maybe every five years. And five years down the road, something happens where he just bursts again. But you say he's in the prime of his career. And then he starts to, you know, fade away a little bit. And then, boom, he's back. And he just keeps one-upping himself. Because if you were to compare the Randy Orton right now versus the Randy Orton that went up against Bray Wyatt a couple years back. It's no comparison, man. It is no comparison at all. Today's Randy Orton would have eaten that Randy Orton alive. Drew, like I said, has had a hell of a run. And I, as much as I'd hate to see him lose the belt and, and this title run end, if there was ever anybody that's going to do it, Randy Orton is the guy to do it right now. 
have the face chase the heel after SummerSlam. That's what I would do. Randy Orton is my pick for that. So there you go. That's my predictions for SummerSlam. That's my predictions for NXT. Reminisced a little bit about SummerSlam history and whatnot. Um, We have had uh, the time of our life. No. (laughs) Um, I think this weekend is going to be interesting. It's going to be good. Um, I have a question for everybody out there, too, before we head out. Um, In addition to, you know, what is your favorite SummerSlam match of all time? I ask this every once in a while in big events. You know, it's a nice little discussion, you know, a little icebreaker, a a good conversation starter here. Um, You know, because growing up, you know, uh, pay-per-views back in the day, you know, they were back in the early nineties, they were, they were 30 bucks. And then the in your houses came out, they were 20. And then they upped the prices of the regular pay-per-views when they were three hours to like 35 all the way up until they were like 50 bucks at one point. And it became more and more like essential to call up a couple friends and say, Hey, are you getting the pay-per-view? And they're like, I'm thinking about it. And then there's once somebody throws the idea out there, say, Hey, let's just all get together watch it at my place. Like, you know, I'll order the pay-per-view. You bring the food or something like that. Or everybody chips in money, you know, like four or five dudes get together and they throw in, you know, 10 bucks each. They get the pay-per-view. Then they split, you know, the dinner too. Right. But that was the, the coolest thing growing up is having little pay-per-view get togethers, little pay-per-view parties. I used to throw them all the time. Um, you know, not as a kid, but you know, as, as my, my young adult years, you know, I would invite uh, my friends, you know, Aaron Rift and Jeff Meacham and Mike Nagel and all of them from NoDQ.com. I'd invite them over. Um, unfortunately, I was never able to to get up to their area to, to any of their pay-per-view parties, um, whether it be travel or, you know, one of them may have had an apartment upstairs, can't get up there with a wheelchair, you know, stuff like that. But I would throw pay-per-view parties over here a lot, invite them over, and we, we would have a, a big all-day thing. Like pay-per-views would start at five. They'd get here at like noon and we would just have an all day get together, just play video games to have snacks, uh, order pizza, do a barbecue. We would do all the cool stuff like that. So my question to you, and you can email me at ringscoops at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter at ringscoops or on YouTube comment down below in the comments. But like, did you ever throw like pay-per-view parties like what did you do for get-togethers if you did those did did you do them all day was it just like they come over for the pay-per-view and then they leave right after what's your your go-to pay-per-view snack what's your go-to pay-per-view meal do you go all out do you just you know i don't pop a bag of popcorn like a movie theater and you know drink a soda or like what's what's your what's your game plan what do you guys do for wrestling pay-per-views you know good impact pay-per-view coming up you're going to stay up until like two in the morning, watch some, uh, some goodness out of Japan, uh, Wednesday night dynamite, you know, uh, any of these big shows or, you know, we used to have nitro parties. Do people have those kind of things now? Do you, do you have a raw party? Do you have an impact party, dynamite party? What's going on? Let me know. Let me know. How do you, how do you, how do you celebrate? How do you prepare? How do you, how do you entertain yourself? With pay-per-views. I don't know. There's probably a lot of people out there going to be like, oh, I just uh, I have a two-liter bottle of Mountain Dew and I tweet all night. That's cool, too. 
hey, you know what? That's your thing. That's cool. I, shit, I, I tweet throughout pay-per-views a lot. Sometimes if it's real good, though, I'll push the drawer with the keyboard in and I'll, I'll move away from the computer and I get sucked into that pay-per-view. It happens. It, it's easy sometimes. You got two good workers out there putting on a hell of a match. You know, and I, I, I like doing that. I try not to read a lot of comments like on social media throughout the pay-per-views because they, they can they can ruin a vibe. If I'm vibing on something or something really cool and I happen to look over at the screen and I see some like, you know, five tweets in a row and everybody's like, oh, this was shit. It kind of hampers it down for me a little bit because then I start wondering like, well, why did they think it was shit? I enjoyed it. And then my mind gets away from it and I'm no longer into the pay-per-view. So I try, even though like when I go to tweet, I'll do it on my phone or on the, on the computer and I'll put the tweet out there and then I'll immediately get away from it because I, I don't want that out there. And I try to do it not in the middle of matches, but I try to do it at the end of matches. Give a real quick recap my thoughts unless like a holy shit moment happens. But anyway, I've rambled on way too long here. We have definitely gone the distance. This is about almost a half hour. This is an actual full length fucking episode of that ring scoops podcast well, maybe shy of five minutes or so but all right ladies and gentlemen that's it for the podcast there you go all right you guys you guys good you good SummerSlam this weekend man SummerSlam takeover this weekend the thunderdome ladies and gentlemen the thunderdome there you go all right ladies and gentlemen I want to thank everybody out there for tuning in to this episode of the Ring Scoops podcast right here on ringscoops.com, youtube.com slash ringscoops, anchor.fm slash ringscoops. If you would like to follow Ring Scoops on social media, it's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all with the same username, Ring Scoops, and also twitch.ringscoops.com if you want to check out some of the live Twitch feeds. Uh, the streams that we do, it's like Slam and Jam and whatnot. It's good stuff, man. And, uh, of course, ProWrestlingTees.com slash RingScoops as well for all your RingScoops merchandise. ProWrestlingTees.com slash RingScoops. That's it for this episode of the RingScoops podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, I'm that RingScoops guy saying thank you, good night, and be cool. <laughs>